Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And I'm Father Dave. How are you, Bob? Guess what? I'm we're doing not great. together. No, we're not together. And we're not even in the same time zone remotely, right? No, we're like not even you're... in the same continent. Wow. And yet here we are talking to each other, being here heard by dozens of people on the internet. Right. Hundred, hundred and first. That's right. The 101. 101st. I'm actually in Gomming, Austria, which is always a great blessing. So I've met two people today. One who she's a student, loves our podcast, but admittedly was a little behind. So she felt like she had to catch up when I got here before I got here. So she said she binged. Uh, and nice. then uh, another couple who love, love the podcast. And we're so happy that the clip about you hating Lent made that top oh the top uh clip so yeah nice. it was great well thank you everybody no matter, who sent in emails no there was a few go, other clips Rob. that we didn't make in it like there was a whole somebody wanted us to bring up the carcass soup uh okay mentioned. okay um another person was disappointed that we didn't bring in the part when when you said you were going to iraq and wanted me to come with you i jokingly said if we both died it would be known as saint David and Kavanka companions. and and companion, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first the first yes, singular yeah. companion saint, even though That's companion right. is longer to say than Bob Rice, it still <laughs> would probably happen. <laughs> but you're you're such a deacon and totally just at service. Amen. You, just, you know, Bob, I'm looking I, at I would, that little thing behind you. I would love to get an you. icon someday of just all the companions. None of them have faces; they're just kind of blurred in the That's background. Right. They're all dying. I'm looking at I'm looking, Bob, at that. Helmet and, and only those who are watching the podcast know there's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer helmet that's like just going around in circles, and that's somewhat emblematic of your football team right now. They're just going around in circles, bro. You know, my attitude is this: if Tom Bay, if Tom Brady hadn't retired, it would be a really bad season, and yeah. he's still with us. It's a bad season. I'd rather have a bad season with Tom Brady than without Tom Brady. I think that's well, kind of where I'm so. at right now. I don't now. think so. I, no, I think it's. I think you're wrong. I mean, I can't. Okay. Wait. I can't tell you what you <laughs> what you think or not. But given an option, it's like at least if he's not there, you can say, "Well, Tom Brady's not here." But I mean, he he's going to go out. That's the thing. Retire, go out on top. Uh, anyway. Well, that's that ship anyway. is sailed. You're not you're not wrong, but. I would say at least we're getting covered on Sports Center. You don't understand what it's like to be a Buccaneers fan. Like nobody ever pays attention to us ever. We get no national games. Now what at least are people are still about? talking about. People are still talking about us. Well, ever since Brady came on, now everyone's been giving Whatever. us attention. Once he's gone, Whatever. no one's going to even know who is in the NFC South unless you live in Florida. Whatever. Hey, you know what? How I are, watched you, the movie how are on your the Broncos flight. doing? W- they're doing great. I watched the are movie they? on the flight. No, they're horrible. They <laughs> they're, they're, I think they're averaging like six points a game. But I okay. watched a movie on the flight over. Um, Black Widow? First I watched – no, I, it wasn't even an option. I'm going to find a different airlines. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, first off, I watched the Elvis movie, the new Tom Hanks Elvis movie. Oh, yeah. How was that? Tom Hanks plays – actually, it was it was quite good. But I watched the movie. It's been out a while. It's the story about Kurt Warner. Is it called The oh. American Underdog yeah, the, the, I thought that Hero. was a nice that was a nice movie. Oh my gosh, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I first off, I like Kurt Warner. I think it's a great story. Mm-hmm. But they did. I thought the movie was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay, that's Bob, a great there's movie. something. Un, there's something unusual going in this on in the sports world right now that only happens for about 
two weeks. Do you know what it is? Curling? Nope. Out of season, isn't it? It's the World it is. Series. Nope. Uh, the Houston Astros are nope, going to play not the... That's not what I'm thinking. Phil- the Philadelphia Phillies? What? No, what is Well, oh, that's it? true. It's the World Series. But there's something else going on that's unusual in the sporting world, not just baseball. Oh, okay. And this only happens two weeks every year? Yeah. Is it we in America? Major, yes, we have Major League Baseball, NBA, hockey, and football all going on. Beautiful. That is actually, actually an exciting I time. I take it back. It may They may do that in the spring as well, now that I think about it. The no, football, football isn't going on. No, well, no, no. Right. Of course, because football's course. done yeah, in February. Yeah, yeah. No, that's this right. is the, the one time yep, the four so. major, and I think there's NASCAR happening. Let's not forget oh, so NASCAR. The five major, the five major. Okay, right. NASCAR Good. is actually the second um, most popular sport in the United States, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, next to, um, we apologize that we don't say ball. more about NASCAR on our show. Next to banana ball or whatever it is that thing that travesty yes. you call a sport. Banana ball. Okay. Hey, have yes. you ever been to a NASCAR race? Yeah, um, I went to NASCAR um, like a warm-up thing at uh, Daytona, but I've never been to a race. Just no. I don't have much interest in NASCAR, but I, I hear going to a race is like a game changer. Like when you sit okay, in the stands, it, okay. and they let's come put by. It on the bucket list. Bob and I are going to do a live podcast at Na- at a NASCAR sometime. You would, would do be, well at NASCAR, Bob. If anybody Hugh has do well. season tickets to NASCAR, is that a thing? I don't even know how it works. Yep, we'll definitely do a NASCAR race sometime. Yes. And if anybody has season tickets, I don't even know how that works. Let us know. Okay. And as far as the baseball, uh, I want the Phillies to beat the Houston, uh, whatever their names is. They're called the Astros. Are you yes, intentionally whatever. not remembering their name? Yes. I'm not a Houston fan. Okay. Well, yeah, so sorry to all the Houston the fans who are out there, but both of Houston, Houston um, seems to be the, the best team in baseball right now. So. Oh, my goodness. I think they won 106 games there by yeah. far. I mean, they swept yeah. the Yankees, which doesn't break right. my heart either. Right, yeah. right. So, yikes. Yeah. No, they're by far the best team. And I think the, the Phillies, they didn't win the division. They might have been the wild card. Yeah, and I think the, they came the in Nationals, sixth place. Yeah, the Nationals, when they won the World Series, they were the wild card as well. So. Yeah, I mean, cool. playoff baseball is different. It's whoever's kind of hot at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. Well, our condolences good. to all the Guardian fans and just a few hours north of us. Uh, NBA has started. Yeah. Speaking of Cleveland, the Cavaliers are serious. We got a About new what? player. His name is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, we are dominating. Yeah. We're gonna and we're gonna make the playoffs this year. Uh, three games, Two, but it's how you it's games. how you look in the games. Yes. Let's go ahead and put it on your calendar, everybody. We're having another uh, gathering yeah. at in March, right? Right. Yeah, I think the first week of right. March. So it'll be, uh, it'll yeah, so be a lot of fun. So put it on your calendar, folks. I know you've been waiting. So. <laughs> anyway. Well, I think that's enough for our sports update. Yes, yes. Yeah, so what else is going on in your world? Well, I'd say the craziest thing going on in the world, and I know a lot of people have heard about it now, it's made some national news, at least Catholic news, is the... Uh, potential merger of the Diocese of Steubenville to the Diocese of Columbus. So we would, I guess it was 1945 or 44 that this area was a part of the Diocese of Columbus. And because of just a population boom, they broke us off. And now they're talking about 
putting us back. My vote is that we actually, I think we should take over Columbus. I think the Diocese okay. of Steubenville should expand to okay. cover. That's, that's, that's an option. That's my attitude. But, it's, but to be honest, it's a little weird. There's a lot of um, confusion. There's hurt feelings. Um, on Sunday, there was like a, a prayer vigil at the chancery and the, the mayor was saying something. And um, all, all the parishes actually had a holy hour at three o'clock just because um, you know, it's like there's one thing to like merge parishes, but merging dioceses actually hasn't, I guess it happened in Alaska, but you know, it was in Alaska. Uh, but this would be actually a first in the U.S. to mm-hmm. put, you know, a small diocese with a larger diocese. And if this happens, yeah, yeah. it might not be the first time that that occurs. No, I, so, in fact, I mean, the word is, is that this will not be a one and done type thing, but it's something that's being looked at in lots of places. Yeah. I mean, obviously the university came into existence because the diocese of Steubenville was um, created is yeah. that there was no Catholic college in the diocese. So that's why we are in Steubenville, Ohio. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like you, there's no inside baseball here, so I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I, yeah, I just pray for the whole process. It's yeah. A lot of people are hurt and, um, confused. Uh, so I just continue to pray. I mean, yeah, I'm just, there, there's so many things that go into it. It's so complicated. Uh, so many opinions. Right. I just, and, you know, and honestly, that's all I really can do. I, I don't know what else I can do. So I just continue to pray for the people of the diocese, for the bishop, uh, for the bishops, because ultimately it's going to be a decision of all the bishops, not just the bishops of Ohio. Yeah, and so for those we'll listening, see. if you could especially pray for the clergy, you know, I'm not sure if there'll be any, at least initially, any dramatic change in Catholic parish life, you know, depending on who the bishop is. But it makes <laughs> a big difference to the guys who are ordained to this diocese. Um, you know, I know they're they're kind of hurt about, some of them are hurt about it, confused about it. It's a little weird for me. I mean, it, it has marginal, if any, impact on me in real life, but... I mean, I haven't even been ordained a year as a permanent deacon of the Diocese of Steubenville. But, you know, that the past five years I've been in preparation for that. And that's just kind of been mm-hmm. my, oh, I'm in, I'm a deacon in the Diocese of Steubenville. And it's like, uh, well, or, well, what was the, the artist formerly known as yeah, Steubenville? Yeah. I don't even know how I would yeah, communicate yeah. that. So that's all just, and then, you know, they, they probably have different regulations for permanent deacons in Columbus than they do in Steubenville. So I don't know. Mm-hmm, it's... Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. kind of, um, I hope it all is for the best. Obviously, we always hope the best thing happens. Um, but yeah, if you're, uh, if you could just be praying for our diocese, pray for our clergy, pray for the Holy Spirit. I, I think overall, it's, there's a bit of a sadness, not just with particularly Steubenville, but as we have been, and you mentioned this, Father Dave, as, as we've been merging parishes, now we're looking at merging dioceses. And you can't help but feel like it's a little bit of surrendering, right? Like we're not on fire with the new evangelization. We're not growing Mm -hmm. as a faith. Uh, We're shrinking, we're consolidating, we're moving things around. And uh, that's, that's a bit of a tough reality, I think, to embrace. Yeah, Especially when you're in a place like Steubenville, which is so vibrant, you know, I mean, we're in Catholic Disneyland. So some people are like, what's the problem? But there's problems. Yeah, I, I get that. The, I guess the another way of looking at it is one sense it's 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 shrinking I guess the number of dioceses but as far as the church I mean it doesn't necessarily impact the number of Catholics so it's not like 
that's shrinking. Um, I mean, I'm from a diocese that is massive in size. So, you know, my look to get to my where I grew up to the cathedral was a six hour drive. You know, so I think I only went to Pueblo, Colorado. Oh, wow. So I think I only went to the diocese once to the to the cathedral in my life. So, you know, I, again, I, I don't I at all want to be dismissive of of what people their whole experiences was this diocese. But as far as size wise and those kinds of things, it's that's very contextual. I mean, yeah, we yeah, won't be, yeah. you know, it, Columbus would hardly be the largest diocese in the U.S., even on the east side of the U.S. If oh, sure. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, anyway, absolutely. so just keep us in your prayers. It's kind of weird. Yeah, keep it. You know, absolutely. And, and it's made a bit of a weird vibe going on here in, in the yeah. parish life, to be sure. So I, the question I guess everybody wants to know is, will we become Franciscan University of Columbus? Like, Of course not. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I we're know. the Steubenville, Ohio is where we are. I so know, it was just go. a joke. It was a joke. Well, no, somebody asked me that. Oh, I thought you were oh. serious. Oh, no, no, I was not serious. Oh, no, somebody's asked me that. Oh. Yeah, they said, they said if there's no longer the diocese, will you be of Columbus? I said, no. Yeah, it's named after the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, and go. the diocese. Although maybe we will call ourselves Franciscan University of the formerly known Diocese of Steubenville. The artist, for, as the artists yeah, yeah. formerly known like as it. Steubenville. I like That's it. That's going to sell the t-shirts. Yeah. T-shirts are going to be a huge hot ticket item. Amen. We'll Amen. put that on our They That Hope website whenever we launch our They That Hope That's website. a really good idea. And, uh, hey, it'll, Bob, it'll do huge. we have a promo this week? Well, we don't, but I think we could promo what's been going on. Well, here's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's my point. It. I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Um, Bob, did you, did you get a letter from the Pope Emeritus this week? You know what? I checked my inbox. Now, I'm on sabbatical. So okay. I, I'm assuming there's one there for me because you got one. And if he's going to write you a letter, I figure he's just going to write everybody a letter. The, 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 you should, I, next, when I get back on campus, I'll look to your mailbox and see Thank if you, you got one. I appreciate one. that. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that yeah, was so say, freaking cool. We should explain, explain, explain for the listeners because it was like a tingly moment when this happened, at least for me. And I didn't even get the letter. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really cool week on campus. Um, and it was one of those, honestly, only at Franciscan University weeks. I mean, we had a beautiful two-day symposium on the Vatican Vatican II, which uh, that last week was celebrating the 60th year of the end of Vatican II. Uh, and it was just great. We had a great, beautiful dialogue. Actually, one of the things that was really touching was there are things that you can debate about the Vatican Council, but the reality is, is you and I would not be sitting here talking to each other like this if it wasn't for the Council. Um, you can debate about things that maybe could have been done differently in that, but to blame all of the struggles on the world and the church on the council just is radically unfair. So we had a beautiful dialogue about what, what is beautiful and good about the council, but also some necessary critiques of it that, that was great. And then that flowed into an international conference on the ecclesiology of Pope Benedict. So there's an organization called the Ratzinger Foundation and they generally do all their conferences in Europe, but they decided to do it on campus at Francis University. We co-hosted it. Um, and, and then I got this, this text that it said, uh, Father Dave, it looks like Pope Benedict is sending you a letter. It's like, what? Hello? And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so um, the uh, Father Lombardo, who was the press secretary for um, previous popes, he came with a letter and presented me with a letter. And it's a personal letter from 
uh, Pope Benedict. And it was funny because Father said, he goes, when the Holy Father said, you know, I'd like to write a letter, he kind of thought it was going to be, hello, I hope everything goes well, you're in my prayers. Right. Yeah, and that's when I heard I mean, when I heard when there was a letter, I figured it was just, a, oh, that's nice. It'd say, you know, thank you for naming a conference after me. I pray yeah. for all of you. Have a nice yeah, exactly, day. And exactly, exactly. This was like a three-page letter where he was, ref- he was reflecting well, on his doctorate, the Vatican yes. Council. Yes. I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh, like he really, he was like sitting down thinking about this letter to you. Well, and the thing is, is the Holy Father really doesn't write. He's not published anything. He's only done one thing in like three and a half years. He's 95, I mean, isn't he's he? Ni- he's 95. He's not exactly writing a lot anymore. So it yeah. was unbelievable. This letter, I mean, has made all of the media all over the world. But one of the things that he said was that, you know, he was he a was, uh, theologian studying when Vatican II was convened. He was at the council. And he said, you know, people were surprised you know, this Pope John the 23rd, what's he doing? But he said, and yet I've come to understand and believe that it was nece- that the Second Vatican Council was necessary. And yes. I just, when I read that, I honestly, I got emotional because there's a population that, again, sees everything wrong in the church with Vatican II. And that's simply not fair. And that's not accurate. I was going to say something else, and but I didn't. But oh. so when the Holy Father, so, <laughs> well, so when the Holy Father was saying, that it was necessary. It was it was just a beautiful. You can go online. I mean, just Google um, Pope Benedict Franciscan University, and it's everywhere. But the attention that this has received, and they said people are gonna. It'll be something that they're gonna study and write about because he talks about his ecclesiology. He was saying that it, it invited the church, um, if she was going to move forward. It says the part of the council was if she was going to move forward, the church had to reflect on herself. And that was yeah. the nature of this conference was on ecclesiology. So it was And I great. think you're right. Great. When you talk about the Second Vatican Council and uh, there, you know, it's not without elements of critique, but I think sure. very unfairly, people might laser in on those elements of it and not even consider some of the broader movements of the Second Vatican Council. Just the idea of this universal call to holiness, just yes, the involvement absolutely. of... Uh, you know, the, the laity not being, you know, just kind of the bottom. Just of the pay pyramid. and obey. Right, yeah, right. exactly. You know, and I, I say this to my students, even ones that might be a little bit critical of things in the Second Vatican Council. I say, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't have a theology major of all no. lay people at, no, at this college no, if it wasn't for the Second Vatican Council. Like this just would not exist, no. especially all the women that are studying theology the point, or going into catechetics. It's said, like that wouldn't be happening. But, the point I said, though, is is because some people would see that as merely as a critique, is that we've got lay people, and I don't think that's fair. But what I thought that was amazing about this conference is we had clergy, we had priests, we had deacons, we had religious sisters, we had lay women, we had lay men, all the- theological scholars reflecting. And it was so beautiful that it wasn't yeah. just one group in the church reflecting on this. But the church, I mean, it was the body of Christ. And that was one of the things that's lost, is that the, one of the primary purposes of Vatican II is to bring Christ to the world, yes. that, that the world needs to be sanctified, and the church is the model and the agent of that sanctification. And it wasn't without Vatican II's really looking at that and reflecting on that. And that's missed. I mean, you're right that there were some elements, and, and actually most of the things that I guess we could probably be critical on is some of the interpretations that come about it. I am amazed right. at the number of people who are critical of Vatican II, and I ask them, well, have you read the documents? 
what they usually say is, I've read parts of them, or I've read some of them, or yeah. So I mean, yeah. So it was just honestly, I, it was I was just so grateful when I got my master's degree at Franciscan. One of the required courses at the time was uh, the theology of Vatican II, and it was taught by Dr. Yeah. Alan Shrek, and it blew my mind. I mean, we had to read yeah. all of it. You know, there's 16. Doc- yeah. It's not. I mean, it's it's lengthy in its own so, way, but yeah. um, it's incredible. I mean, it really yeah. is absolutely amazing and uh, just a great gift to the church. And I think something we're still unpacking. You know, I think absolutely. we're still unpacking the beauty of the council. And if you want to see the council at its fullness, I think you look at the life of St. John Paul II, who always said he yeah. was a pope of the Second Vatican Council. And, no, and I'm a, like, I was yeah. born the same year Vatican II closed. And there's, I've always had a fondness and, and an affinity to John the Twenty Third. Every time I've gone to Rome, I've knelt yeah. down and I'm going to get emotional and pray to Rosary in front of Him. And I'm just there's this profound great gratitude that I have towards Him and and the blessings that have come back from that. So, again, not not without fault, and but um, it's just I'm really grateful to be alive and to be ministering at this time. So it was great. Amen. Yeah, and it was a great celebration. I also got to have, there was a group of Germans that came, uh, a bishop from Germany uh, who was in charge of youth ministry came with yeah, some Stephane from his Oster. office. Yeah, yeah, what a great dude and some wonderful oh people gosh. he came with. And so they actually had an opportunity just to talk with him for a couple hours about youth ministry in the United States. And then I know they got to hear a number of presentations from others at Franciscan. Uh, and that was exciting. That was a neat, that was a real beautiful dialogue. Yeah, he's from the Holy Father, Pope Benedict's home diocese. So he's the bishop oh, yeah, of that right. diocese. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, it was really, really wonderful. And it's interesting, too. So I w- we were on the same flight going when they left uh, for Washington. Oh, is that right? And Yeah. It was it was really cool, though, because the bishop was saying, you know, I loved, yeah, a lot of things I was saying. There was really great, rich theological dialogue. Um, one of the things that I was touched by, it was all done in charity and kindness. It was really beautiful. But he said, honestly, Father, he said the liturgies. He said, mm. to see a chapel that's full of young people, he said, that was one of the most moving things he's been a part of. So those things that we take for granted, right? Um, yeah. That that contingent from Germany did not take that for granted. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah praise cool. God for all yeah. that he's doing. And uh, speaking of praising God, we should rejoice in the Lord always. Again, and that gets rejoice. us. That's right. We're going to get back to our letter to the Philippians. And today we're taking a look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Nine verses, but they're power-packed. And here it is. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, beloved. I urge Eudoia and I urge Synth to come to a mutual understanding in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, my true yokemate, to help them, for they have struggled at my side in promoting the gospel, along with Clement and my other co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, I shall say again, rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all, the Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, 
Think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Amen. What are some things Can that I jump out to you, Father, in, that, in those scriptures? The, f- the first thing that jumped out at me is a verse at the end of, looks like verse 3, when he's naming all the people that he's worked with. And it says, and my co my other co-workers whose names are in the book of life, that would be you. You're not, uh, the, your name's not going to be mentioned. <laughs> your, yep, your name is not going to be mentioned again. It's just going to be in the book of life. No, that's honestly, right. as Bob, long as I'm I, in there. I love this. Uh, the I mean, there's a lot of it that's really, really rich, but um, have no anxiety at all. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. I love that connection that he makes about anxiety and making your request known is that the Lord really desires us to come in and lay that before him. And it's not selfish. It's not self-consumed, but he desires that we come and bring our request. And then he says, then once we do that, once we surrender him, once we make our request known, then the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Um, that idea of the peace of the Lord, which surpasses all understanding I mean, it's it's more than we could possibly imagine. And I think oftentimes in the world, we we sell peace short. I mean, yeah. to have greater peace, which surpasses all understanding, uh, I think that's what the Lord desires for us. And, and there's a, an intimate connection about making our requests, surrendering, giving to the Lord, um, and allowing Him to take away our anxiety and peace. So that was the first thing that caught my mind. Yeah, you know, the the intro into this, and and I love how personal Paul gets uh, in all of his letters. You know, these are letters written to a community. And he's really worried about, you know, two people in that community who are struggling with each other. Uh, You know, it's almost almost kind of tearing him apart. And it's good to keep this section of the letter uh, in connection with other sections. Because as we talked about in chapter 2 earlier, he's really talking about Look, if there's any encouragement in Christ's solace and love, complete my joy by being of the same mind with the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing. So this idea of unity and being together in unity is a, is a key concern of Paul in this letter to the Philippians. And I think uh, it's something that we always really need to be fighting for in the church mm-hmm. is that idea of unity. Because, you know, by ourselves, we, we tend to divide. We tend to get into camps or cliques or different groups. Yeah. And so Paul, even just writing from a distance, you know, he's hearing about two people fighting, maybe two different groups that are happening. And he's he's saying, like, can you help this out? It's like so important. Yeah. And it's also in yeah. all of his other letters, you know, it's like it doesn't matter if it's Paul or Apollos. It's about Christ. It's about Christ. It's about Christ. And so that lead into this about first of all, he's talking about difficulty and then he's saying rejoice. Like, what's mm. the answer? How do we how do we come together in unity? It's about rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. Like, he's just, he can't make it a stronger emphasis in this particular letter, especially. Yeah. Yeah, again, Paul, and if you think about how Paul's conversion came about through, you know, the martyrdom of Stephen, and, mm. and then him having to go to... I believe, Ananias, I believe it was, that there was this, the very beginnings of his conversion, there was this bridge that needed to be, gulf, this gulf between them that had to be this broken, this divide that had to be brought together. So I wonder if that was part of what Paul's 
he's continually calling for unity, calling yeah. for unity because it was born out of a disunity. So I think there's probably something to that. Um, but then, and maybe just what my personal last thought is, I, you could just pray over that, the last text, whatever is true, whatever yeah. is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence and there's worthy of praise, think about these things. And that, again, and probably this connection to the anxiety, so oftentimes our prayer is, is about things that causes us anxiety, and he invites us to do that. But then he follows it up with whatever is pure. I mean, just to reflect on that, whatever is holy, just reflect on that. Yeah. And and yeah, this this brings soothe soothes our heart and frees us from anxiety and frustration and fear. So, and then keep on and doing how, what the Lord's done for you. And do our lives reflect yeah. a people who is thinking about whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is holy, yeah, whatever is yeah. perfect? In my mind, many times it's whatever is wrong, whatever kid is in trouble, whatever work I haven't gotten done yet, whatever's going on in politics, whatever's going on in the diocese, whatever you know, like. It's just exactly. so easy to just be drawn into those things. And of course, our whole media yeah. exists to ruffle our feathers, no, to make us that's absolutely right. You know, without peace and to give us anxiety because we're, we're more apt to click on things if we're anxious about things than if everything's fine. You know, we often don't do that. And so we have to be aware, particularly in our social media driven world, that anxiety is a hot commodity. Anxiety is a big, big business, maybe the biggest business out there. And it no, equals billions right. of dollars <laughs> for certain groups, even within the church. I mean, even when you look in uh, some of the way the church handles media, or maybe not the church, but Catholics handle media, it can be that anxiety-driven, be afraid, click here to find out more. And that's, again, yeah, not to say that wrong. there's not problems, but right, you rarely no. hear the right. Right. Well, in the end of that text is, again, it brings you to peace that, mm. you know, you watch certain news or pay attention to certain websites or bloggers or I mean, it's, it, it is intended to rile you up. Yeah. And again, that's that's not to say we bury our heads in the sand. That's not at all what I'm saying. But the, the end of that text, again, all of these things and what is it going to bring us? Ultimately, it's going to bring us peace. Um, so, yeah, turn off the TV, turn off the news every now and then and reflect what is good, what is pure, what is beautiful, what is holy, and tell me if it doesn't have some positive impact on your heart. Yeah, yeah. amen. You know, they, there was a survey cool. done recently with teenagers um, that, you know, teenagers, I mean, there's this anxiety epidemic among teenagers, especially. And when they go into counseling, one of the first things counselors tries to do, they just try to say, can you just take a week off your phone? No. And their levels drop, of well, anxiety what... drop dramatically. You know, I think, Bob, we talked about the unplugged scholarship at the university, but those university students who, who yeah. give up their smartphones for a year and receive a scholarship grant for that. I mean, across the board, they're like, I I'm more peaceful. I'm, I don't feel like I'm missing things. It's interesting. They don't feel like they're missing things because they're not on telling everybody, telling them what they're missing. It's just, yeah, it's pretty deceptive. So. Well, then the question might be, what do I do if I put my phone away? And the answer is given to us by St. Paul. Like, well, focus on what is just, what is honorable, what is pure, what is lovely, on excellence, on things worthy of praise. You know, the world is filled with those things. That sounds, you know, in, that in sounds like goodness. baseball. <laughs> does Paul it though? is inviting us does to watch though? a baseball game. It does. I think your translation a... is a little bit weird. 
Well, maybe it's, am I reading into that text, maybe? Maybe, maybe you're projecting Maybe that's an isogenical text. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's an, ex, it's an exogenical hermeneutic with which you are there you uh, interpreting there the you text, go. probably right. incorrectly. But it concludes here with, again, something Paul keeps doing. He says, just keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Again, he's, he's always bringing back his own example. Like, look, I, I apprenticed you. I discipled you. Like, don't get, mm-hmm. don't get distracted by these other things. Just, just keep doing, you know, come back to your mm-hmm. first love. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ. And that goes up to verse 5. Uh, your kindness should be known to all yeah, the Lord yeah. is near. And the yeah. nearness of the Lord is hope, right? I mean, that's what we often try to come back to on this particular podcast. But it's the idea that even if everything is a mess, when Christ comes again, it won't make a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and even even much of what we're concerned about won't make a difference a couple of days from now or a couple of months yeah. from now, certainly not a couple of years from now. But in yeah, light yeah. of the glory of God, uh, even the even death itself shouldn't have a stop rejoicing in the Lord because he's conquered death. And so in the midst mm. of that, that's why he's inviting us into peace. And this is a guy who suffered, by the way. This isn't somebody, you know, living a cush life. I mean, this is a guy who was constantly imprisoned and beaten and shipwrecked. And, you know, he can he has the right to say these things. You know, he, he wasn't just sitting in a comfy chair yeah, hypothesizing yeah, yeah. about this. He was really living the faith. And he was realizing it's it's all about rejoicing. It's always about rejoicing because even mm-hmm. if the world doesn't give us cause to rejoice, God always does. And we have to look Amen. for that. Amen. So Jesus, Amen. we pray, we pray for that. We pray that you would continue to move in our lives, move on our heart, that we lay before you, we cast before you our anxiety, our fears, our frustrations. And we pray that you would replace that, trade that for peace, that we would be able to reflect on all that is good and holy and pure and beautiful and encounter you, Lord. Let us know your peace, your presence, and our hope in you. May the God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. You're welcome. See you next week, Bob. That sounds great. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can shoot us an email at hope at franciscan.edu. That is hope at franciscan.edu. Next week, we finish our letter to the Philippians, and we would love to know what you might like us to talk about. We had some ideas before, so if you have an idea, something you'd like us to say, hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. Amen.